0: Welcome to Inside Monster Jam Powered by Lucas Oil, the official Monster Jam podcast. I'm Scott Jordan. When we debuted the show a few years back, one of the biggest topics fans want to hear about is track design and construction. And we're going to handle that today and to help me dive into that process. There's no one better than to start the conversation than to welcome back Monster Jam Senior Director of Global Operations, Jamie Dalsing. Jamie, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Feel like uh, you've been here so many times that uh, you're now the new face of Map TV. So it's uh, it's great to see you again. Taking over. Look out. I appreciate. It. I'll, I'll let you slide in. So let's uh, let's start with uh, Monster Jam in the past before we look ahead to the future uh, and the present as well. Um, tracks obviously vastly different now. Uh, Monster Jam tracks were not as consistent as they they are now back in the day. I remember watching on TV, uh, we'd see a lot of straight line racing over cars, but I know there were different intricacies back then. So how uh, when when did the conversation start uh, to? come into play about evolving these tracks into uh, being a little more consistent as to what we see today?
1: Yeah, it was a, it was a big evolution. Uh, everybody, you know, had, who's watched Mosh Jam over the years has kind of seen that evolution. But, you know, 10, 12 years ago, when we started more Mosh Jam and started Triple Threat, those type of uh, technical events, we really needed some consistency out of the tracks. Um, so that really helped us kind of focus in on, on Making a more technical track. Um, and then as we started to develop the series, you know, in stadiums and arenas, as the years went on, it really proved out that having a, a technical track that they could perfect every single week, helped perfect their craft and help perfect
0: our events as we moved on throughout the year. I know that you, uh, when, when you took over as the uh, senior director of global operations, you had a vision for, for a lot of things in the company. You've taken it to, to new heights. What, what, has your vision been realized so far as to what you wanted these tracks to become? Yeah,
1: you know, I think it's been a, a great group uh, collaboration between everybody on on trying to, you know, have a dream and make a dream come true. But, you know, honestly, I think, I think we... Think so far out the box outside the box all the time that our dreams still aren't there. Right, we've knocked a few of our check boxes off. Um, definitely, the over under track was a huge one for us. We tried to develop that thing for about three years until it was actually perfected. Um, we have a lot more in our in our pocket that we're willing uh, to take a look at. You know, uh, world finals uh, alone, starting in the stands, things like those that you know we really hadn't thought of in the past.
0: Um, really just trying to break ground, make well, new and, stuff. And fans always are so excited about World Finals track. And I know they, they have a lot to say on social media and in the message groups about it. it when, when World Finals comes around, is it something that you, you look at, at, at that and say, okay, how can we top ourselves this year? Is, is there any type of pressure there to to give the fans something they haven't seen before?
1: Uh, I can't even explain the amount of pressure that's there, especially for World Finals. Um, you know, our series tracks alone are, are very intricate and we try to put the best into them because that's our biggest product that we put out there uh, as far as uh, amount of times you'll see it, but World Finals has a, just a completely different level. Uh, the amount of stress and the amount of meetings that we go through to try to perfect and try to do something outside the box, man. Uh, you know when Scott and Dan and uh, Dan's group are, you know, we're all sitting in a room. The big committee is sitting there. It's it's really just diving into all of the history of Mosham World Finals. What have we done? Uh, what can we do in the future? But um, you know, now that we're moving Mosham World Finals around, we got to take into that. Uh, that other aspect of it. What can we fit in there here? What can we do? Can we put the track in the stands? Can we do an over-under? Things like that, that um, doesn't always, you know, come in first into mind uh, when other people are thinking about tracks, but it's uh, incredibly difficult to put together
0: and be original. I know you have your hand in in everything with the company. Uh, As far as track design goes, how much input do you have uh, from the time that the talks start uh, to what we actually see the drivers on throughout the season?
1: Yeah, it really depends on uh, what, event we're looking at, you know, World Finals, um, me and the committee that, you know, of Scott and Dan that that'll come up next, you know, we we all sit in the room from the very get-go and start to take a look at um, different ideas that are thrown on the table so uh, those are very very deep um, as far as the series ones usually the team will come together with a couple ideas and then we'll sit together and kind of perfect them after that so uh, I have a lot of fun um, and the the other group will kind of attest to that it's it's a lot of fun to sit in the room and we draw it up on the whiteboard and uh, some things come out and some things don't you know uh, the greatest ideal be put out there and then we'll come up with a reason why it can't really work and there's there's a ton of those out there you know uh, different angles and uh, you know finish lines and trying to make it competitive um for everybody is is definitely um
0: key so so that's where this literally starts is on a whiteboard just drawing and and trying to figure out what is going to be the best thing to, to put out there
1: yeah that that and you know we uh we take uh, suggestions from fans we've we've gotten a lot of good ones over the years uh scott does a great job of scott alinsky does a great job of looking through the history too and, yeah. and really pulling out some some old ideas that might might come up new. Um, and that's a lot of fun too. You know, uh, what might not have worked in the past might work now with the new technology and the trucks and the way the drivers drive and um, some of the ideas that we have with tracks.
0: And I want to reiterate what you just said. I'm going to look in the camera and talk to everybody. They listen to the fans. He literally just said, you take ideas from the fans. Cause that was a big question is, is will you listen to the fans? And we do that, I think in more ways than, than anybody could possibly imagine here. So it's great that you take some of those ideas. Let's talk about safety before I let you go, because safety, the number one priority safety of not only the drivers, but fans and, and and staff, everybody involved. I know safety has been a big proponent as far as these evolutions go and, and where the track sits. So how much of that is the conversation or does that start the conversation?
1: Yeah, it, you know, we we try to start with creativity because, you know, you you try to do creativity without any barriers and that's the way it has to start. Um, and then once you whittle down to, you know, this idea might, might fit in the track, then you have to start thinking about safety number one. So, um, obviously our safety holes that we have to put into consideration, uh, driver safety, um, was number one thing when we started talking about an over-under, like that was the biggest thing that we had to figure out. How do we make this safe enough for a truck to jump over another truck and, and for us to come out successful in the end. So, um, it's it's key um, not only in world finals but in um, you know our arena tracks and uh, and the you know stadium tracks that we're putting out there. Too. You also
0: have to take into account that over under in a monsoon in Orlando as well and how that affects it.
1: Yeah, and that actually went into part of the yeah. thought process too, right? Um, I think the two days before that we actually watered down that track as much as we could to see what would how it would react in the rain, and uh, luckily you know we were able to pull off some successful tests and
0: good thing we did. Uh, it was fun, a lot of fun. And I real quick, before I let you go, uh, you said your vision's not quite over yet. Any elements that, that you may be uh, looking forward to implementing in the tracks, or is that all going to be a, a surprise for when some of these things are unveiled?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of surprises out there. And and again, we do listen to the fans, and I think they're thinking a lot of the things that we think too. So, uh, you know, we we love the ideas of uh, side-by-side racing or rhythm racing. and And again, these are all like very out there ideas, but we love those kind of ideas. What are we what's out there that we aren't
0: doing right now? All right, Jamie. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Fun. Jamie Dulcing, everybody coming up next, Dan Allen, Scott Olinski will be here to help us dive even more into track design and construction. Stay right where you are and we're inside Monster Jam is next. Welcome back to Inside Monster Jam Powered by Lucas Oil. I'm Scott Jordan. This week we are talking about track design and construction, and I am joined right now by the Senior Director of Track Design and Construction, Mr. Dan Allen, and, of course, the Director of Stadium Operations, Scott Olinsky, back to uh, join the show. Thanks for joining me. And, Dan, you've been an enigma for me. I've been trying to get you on the show for uh, a few years now, so thanks for taking time out of your day, man. I appreciate it.
2: Not a problem.
0: So uh, Monster Jam fans worldwide know that this gentleman to my left is is just as famous as some of the drivers. They wait for him uh, after the events for pictures and bombard your social media. But Dan, uh, some fans uh, may not know, may know your name, may not know your face or or vice versa. Let's talk about your background and how you got here to Feld Entertainment.
2: Well, I don't have a story much different than others, except I do go very far back and work my way from the bottom to the top, I would say. Um, I grew up on a farm upstate New York, so I have a lot of dirt background. And I was a professional ATV racer, which then uh transcended into some of us in a group got together and uh created quad wars which was a big staple in the monster jam business for a while and uh then after college i was like what am i going to be an accountant sit behind a desk every day and so uh that was the transitional into working for uh the promoter i raced for and was a star for and then uh Yeah. Worked my way through the ranks of event manager, tour managers, and directed the TNN television series all the way to uh, director of operations and now senior director of track
0: construction. So uh, Scott, you've been a tour manager as well. And that's where you were when I started here. Uh, When when we talk about designing these tracks. And Jamie, you know, opened up the process a little bit and and took us behind the scenes. But as a tour manager, you know the intricacies that it takes to conduct a Monster Jam event. You know what to look for. So how much of that and of your experience in that role uh, do you look for when it comes to
3: building these tracks for the following season? So there's a lot of it. You know, as Jamie mentioned, that I'm a big fan of the the history of tracks. So I love going back and looking at the old tracks that we used to run and seeing how we could potentially implement them into today. Um, But then also being a tour manager previously, having Having that relationship with the drivers, where I can go up to them and you know, kind of ask what what they think that would be cool to run in the future, or what might be uh, interesting and intriguing for them um, to create uh, a course that's that's challenging, but then also exciting for the drivers. And, and Dan, as far as um once you agree on a design. So let's
0: first talk about the two different stadiums, because we have two different tracks when it comes to Stadium Championship Series East and West. So uh, how much uh, of a difference do you like to put into these stadium tours to make them different, to make the competition exclusive uh, for those fans that are coming out? Well, like
2: Jamie and Scott mentioned, it's it's all about the fans, right? And we want the ultimate entertainment uh, experience for them. And so I think in the end, when you're also watching the shows on television, you don't want the same track everywhere, right? So initially we wanted some uh, diverse tracks just because, you know, it, it gives different opportunity for drivers to show off different skills. The ultimate goal was really the fan experience and giving the driver something to strive for and who can win on any given Saturday. And once the design
0: process is over, then it becomes a matter of, of logistically, how do you build the tracks, correct? So when, when that starts to factor in and you start to plan that, how much goes into actually building a track for week one?
3: There's a lot. So, you know, as Jamie alluded to, we have the committee that kind of plans everything with the track. So uh, Dan, Jamie, I, and then the rest of the track construction team will kind of sit together, come up with the track that works, um, send it to the simulator to make sure that, you know, Particular angles are going to work. Um, And then again, checking back with Dan to make sure, A, they have enough dirt uh, and B, they're going to have enough time to put it into any given venue. Uh, And then on the out, loading out, you know, whether it's Supercross coming in or another event that has to come in right behind us. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But as far as the simulator goes, do drivers
0: run the the created track on a simulator or you just push it through to make sure that that there's everything is is good to
3: go and clean before you start building? So right now we push it through just to make sure that everything everything runs through. Um, But we're working on, you know, some some potential new ideas that we can send out to the drivers to see um, if a certain ramp is going to work or, you know, a different a different element. Let's talk uh,
0: briefly about arena tracks, because we know the stadiums uh, have big, wide open floors, so you can uh, put some different nuances in there, some different uh, landmines, so to speak, for that. But arenas, you have the pod and the smaller floors. Are there any little intricacies, little differences between, let's say, an Arena West series track to an Arena East series track, or does it vary based on the size of the venue?
2: The size of the venue definitely determines, you know, whether it's timed racing or whether it's round round racing. Um, the weather plays a big part, right? Sometimes you have very soft, spongy dirt. Uh, Other places, we have just really good quality dirt um, versus other uh, markets. So that alone um, adds to sometimes trucks catch and tip up or they have to really work at racing rather than a really solid floor that they can just pin it to win it. Right. Um, But then as Jamie mentioned earlier with the technical part of it, like the old school with crushed cars and those types of things, we now have integrated what we call our, uh, you know, mechanical ramps. Right. And so we have pipes and tires and um, those types of things now last through the entirety of a show. So the first guy that, He doesn't have a very good ramp versus the last guy that after it deteriorated. So I think we strived very hard to create a uh, racetrack that would withstand the duration of an event. So everyone had the same opportunity from beginning to end. And then your final uh, answer on the tracks. Yes, they we do tweak them. We have shortened ramps to get bigger pop. We've created some corners now to help trucks bicycle or do nose poppers we're moving um like the tops of you know the the wheelie bumps the popper bumps to help aid the drivers and wherever they're at to to put on the best show for the fans it's fascinating stuff
0: this is what you've been waiting for we're giving it to you and stay right where you are more with dan and scott next on inside monster jam powered by lucas oil Welcome back to Inside Monster Jam Power by Lucas Oil. I'm joined right now by Scott Olinsky and Dan Allen as we talk about track design and construction. Dan, you brought up uh, dirt being a factor in these tracks and whether it's cold dirt or affecting how the track is put together. So let's talk about the dirt because it's a big question that fans have is where does the dirt come from? So where where, where do we usually keep that laying around? I know uh, every stadium is different, every arena is different, but I think fans sometimes expect to come to an event maybe on a Monday and see a a pound
2: of dirt just uh, lying there. You would think, uh, as you just alluded to, laying around, I wish it was that easy. You know, you, everybody walks and looks outside their house and and you think dirt is dirt, but it's not. Right. And so some can be full of brick and debris and obviously safety for our fans are our number one concern. So we're striving to always find uh, dirt that is conducive to uh, a race surface, but also free of of debris so um we actually own most of our assets in every major city stadium and arena and we store it so that we can either keep it dry or we know in the weather Um, we are very shackled with um you know mother nature the contracts and trying to still put on the biggest best creative entertaining show for monster jam that we can put on and it is a,
0: a process to get the dirt in and to get it out. And and I do want to talk about some of these venues are very, uh, rightfully so, very um, territorial about their 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 dirt, whether it's a baseball field, a football field, a hockey rank, a basketball court, uh, even to the point where, you know, um, I'm going to point out Miami, the baseball stadium, or the Marlins. I've, <clears throat> I have never seen a, a team so uh, concerned about the status of their field, uh, uh But let's talk about how that impacts what you do when it comes to, you know, bringing dirt in and where you put the track.
3: Yeah. So, you know, it it obviously varies from venue to venue, depending on on what you're playing underneath. You know, some places like Glendale, you're right under concrete. So it's a lot easier. Um, Some places like Miami, where you're playing over, you know, live field, uh, it's a little more intricate. So, you know, in a normal standard setting. Dan's team is is arriving on a Monday to start processing the pile, whether it's right outside the stadium or maybe a mile or two down the road. Uh, and then Tuesday, they're preparing inside the stadium. So they're putting down uh, protection on the field to protect, whether it's field, turf, whatever that may be, and then loading in that dirt starting on Wednesday. And that's usually a, a two-day process to start building the track. So then he can hand it over to my team to practice uh, and, then, and then paint the track for the event uh, for the weekend. And then on the out, you know, they – they move a lot quicker on the out than the in because like Dan said, you know, these, these venues have other events lined up. So we have 12, 14 hours sometimes to, to get out and completely clean that venue uh, before the next event rolls in. Let's talk about uh, supercross and monster jam. Um, You have angel stadium, which
0: is a hotbed for both sports. Let's say you have a supercross event there one weekend, monster jam coming in the next weekend. What is that process like to change over the track
2: for the two sports? Truthfully, internally, For my dirt crews, we work together well because they're all my guys. So Supercross tries to uh, pile up all the jumps and leave it in a very close, approximate location to where Monster Jam meets and vice versa. So um, where we really get hit is Mother Nature. If we have to run Monster Jam, like specifically last weekend in Anaheim, and there were two rain, mud, Events and so there's not much left to leave Supercross behind. And then if you don't get a sunny day to dry it out and fix it, um, it's just a scramble for everyone. Um, so inside, it's it's about like how where do you hide the mud? How do you get the mud back out to bring in dry? There's a lot that we need to go through to protect the venue our racetrack our uh the amount of money that Feld puts into field protection all of that and at the same time get on to the next venue because that crew had to get to san diego to do that monster jam after it rained on supercross so yeah long story short it's it can be miserable sometimes although we love what we do gives you some headaches so right a couple
0: (laughs) (laughs) stay right where you guys more inside monster jam powered by lucas oils coming up right after this We are back with more Inside Monster Jam Power by Lucas Oil this week. I'm joined by Scott Olinsky and Dan Allen as we talk all things track design and construction. It's time to get to your fan questions. You can send them in each week on Instagram at Scott Jordan, MJSX. And I'm going to point out Green Joe Buff here on Instagram. But this was a, a big question that I got, and it's all about crush cars. And it seems to be the question of the day every time we talk about this. But he's asking, is there a chance of bringing back buses and more crush cars? We did see some of those elements come back into play in Nashville. But what are your thoughts
2: on that? For me personally, uh, we love the buses and cars, but uh, in the end, I can tell you after talking to numerous drivers, I mean, back in the day, even Tom Mentz and, and Dennis Anderson and all the duels they had, uh, they would always go last. Yeah. And and as the first guy went and every side of the car and bus was sharp and they could get great air and it was, and then you watched after truck After truck, after truck, that track just got beat down and beat down and beat down. And Dennis is like, I got nothing left. Like I went out there and drove like a madman, pin it to win it everywhere and then flip because that's all he had left. Um, So what we did is we transitioned over to a lot more dirt because the jumps withstand all that punishment from racing and skills through freestyle over and over and over. And it also allowed us to be able to go from each discipline and then we could push up a ramp that was there for two wheel to now use for freestyle to get bigger, better air. So, um, I wouldn't say it was that we were trying to take away all that excitement and car crushing from our fans. It's that we can actually produce a better right. entertaining show and let the drivers be the drivers and the trucks be the trucks because the track didn't go away. So we, we didn't take them away just to make the fans upset.
0: No. Okay. Absolutely. Not. Again, I just, I deliver the news and I'm right all the time. Scott, what are your thoughts on, on the crush cars and buses? Cause you've, you've been around for many years and you've seen the the tracks evolve and, and you're the one uh, as a tour manager and Dan, you as well, uh, but you gotta be there to pick up the debris and to get them out of the stadiums. So talk about your thoughts on, on, on those.
3: Yeah. You know, I think, you know, as Dan said, we love them. We love having them in there. It's a, it's a nice addition to a track. Um. I think, they're almost like a special attraction now. You know, as you mentioned, World Finals, uh, we had them at the Superstar Challenge, and it's it's great to see in in the special element. Um, you know, we have, we have crush cars built into the tracks now, which is cool, but you know, I love the consistency that the tracks provide for the drivers to be able to see whether you're a first out in freestyle or a last out in freestyle, that that track's going to be the same. Um, but I do love bringing in those, those special crushable elements uh, as a special attraction every now and then.
0: We got just a few seconds left here. Any chance we can see, um, something different I asked Jamie this and he was a little vague about it. Any chance we can see something different for world finals this year than we've seen in the past?
3: I think you'll see something different. I really do. Everybody's always asking. As
0: soon as I I announce I'm bringing you on, that's the question. World Finals, can we see the track? What about you, Dan? Thoughts on that? Uh,
2: You like being innovative with this stuff? Well, as much glass as there is in SoFi Stadium, I can assure you there won't be a start line up in the stands. I don't know how to traverse a monster truck through glass suites. So uh, we will have to go and be as creative as humanly possible to try and make the coolest, best track Uh, on the floor itself. I'm looking forward to it. Dan Scott, thank you so much. That's all the time we have. I'll see you right here next time on Inside Monster Jam Powered by Lucas Oil.